Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and it is October the 12th, 2020. And we are on the last part of Penny Bradley's Super Soldier Dark Fleet Operation. Most of the soldiers wear an oxygen pack and... and uh, it comes across the nose and it just gives them enough oxygen to come up to par but it's like earth at about 8,000 feet the sky's a light blue unless there's a sandstorm then it turns red but it's like being at 8,000 feet the air's thin but breathable as long as you're not doing anything too rowdy and animals survive uh the ones on mars have adapted to the the cold mostly by burrowing and the insects and reptiles are cold-blooded so they just go dormant at night Um, and they require less oxygen and less food so they've done quite well surviving in the conditions there in the daytime at the equator it gets to about 70 degrees which is really nice and at the poles it's about 50 which is consistent with still temperate zones in in, on earth the trouble is the night gets really deadly cold and you need to have shelter then or a spacesuit even in the equatorial regions it gets really cold at night but if you have some sort of a shelter or you're in a spacesuit or the soldiers have a suit that's made by Aegis and it's in between regular fatigues and a spacesuit. And a lot of the soldiers will use that and then have some sort of a, it's like a tent but it holds heat better. And so they'll just set up their tent for the night and they're, they're good till morning. And the day is about 28 hours instead of 24. So things last a little longer. Uh, the night's a little longer, the day's a little longer. Sunset's a little longer, which sunset you get the night sky coming and then you have this edge right around where the sun is that's lavender and it's where sunsets on earth are are orange or pink or red on mars it's lavender and it lasts about an hour do you ever recall seeing any kind of trees or larger plants uh, maybe in the equatorial regions actually the trees are at the poles it snows at the poles, and in the springtime, it all thaws and wa- deeply waters the plants. The South Pole, in particular, has huge forests that are like similar to junipers, only the leaves are thicker. And that was one of the things that was in my presentation about Mars, was the rover photos of the the forests and there were there was a there was a polar 
satellite probe that took pictures. The South Pole has has tremendous forests. Did you ever see any large organisms such as giant spiders or crickets? Huh. Dinosaurs. There were mantids that were seven feet tall. There, there were raptors with human-like arms that were about seven, eight feet tall. Um, they had long claws. In a unarmed fight between a raptor and a human, the raptor will win every time. So would a mantid, because they're they have two two or three digits at the end of their their two top two sets of arms, and then the bottom set they use as legs. But they have the fingers are about this long and they're sharp, and so they're effectively claws, even though they're not. And I've seen mantids when they're frightened cut a human in half with those. So a fair fight between the mantids and a human, or a raptor and a human, the human will lose. So when humans tend to go through this cycle where we have tech and then we lose it, when we get to a dark age on Mars. Those beings are going to kick us off. I—that's I, beyond any shadow of a doubt, unless we exterminate them first, which is always a possibility.、Uh, we pretty much decimated both races in the Mars War. So,、uh, what else did I see? I saw. There's a creature there that's like an ichthyosaurus, but it's small. It's not. It's not the size the ones on Earth were. It's about five foot tall. Yeah, because it's flip. It walks on its flippers. And there's、um, there's lots of snakes. Lots of snakes. And. There are spiders that look more like coconut crabs. That's what they actually look like is coconut crabs, but they're spiders, and they、um, they range from six feet across to fifteen feet across, and they hide out in caves, and they're telepathic. With the mantids, the mantids keep them like we do working dogs, you know, shep shepherd types, you know, police dogs, sheep herding dogs, you know, they keep them like that. So when the mantids get in trouble, they'll call a spider to take care of the problem, you know, like sicking a dog on them. And when I've chased. Mantids on foot, they invariably duck into a cave and call on a spider, and I wake up in a regen tank. Do you actually recall a spider actually killing you? Yes. 
I've been, they like to bite you in the stomach and they have two sets of mandibles, one over the other. And the venom burns like fire, but it works very, very fast. So it doesn't hurt very long. Okay, can you describe, first of all, why were you even roaming about the surface chasing these mantoids? I was under orders. They didn't give you the right weapons to defend yourself? I had weapons, but I was supposed to capture them alive. And spiders are fast. You know, you're talking about a large animal that can cover a lot of space faster than you can even notice them. And when you're concentrating on catching one critter and another one comes at you, and they're smart like dogs. Can you describe the what the regeneration tanks look like? They're about... They're two, they're two meters in diameter. So you can, someone my size cannot touch both edges at the same time. And they're three meters tall. So humans float in them. So they're effectively... one where you can't the the sensory deprivation tank they're effectively a sensory deprivation tank when you're in it you're on a wire that hooks i don't know how it hooks into you but you're on a wire and you're suspended in this green gel i understand there's a version that has a blue gel but i always woke up in the green one and you can't see through it it's dark and when you wake up you're in the dark and you can't because you can't really feel the gel but it feeds you and breathes through you and absorbs your waste and it's made from black goo so it is they have removed the sentient part and left the programmable part and And so there's a computer, it's about the size of a tablet on the outside and you set it for age, weight, and to repair whatever genetic problems that that you might have and to, there's the option of repairing the telomeres but they don't generally do it and There are certain things that you can't have in your system when you're in it. Uh, One of them's antibiotics because it's almost a life form. And they have to, any, anything like chips that you have in you will fall to the bottom of the tank. So they have to reinstall your chips while you're in there before they take you out and it's 
manted tech, not the same mantids that we were fighting on Mars. Those were indigenous. The ones that make the regen tanks are the, the mantid empire. With There's lots of different kinds of insectoids. There's lots of different kinds of reptilians. There's lots of different kinds of humans, grays. We're talking there are millions of races in the, in the galaxy. So I don't know the official personal name for that group. They're mantids. The ones, the ones on Mars had the triangular heads with the eyes at the corners. The ones that make the tanks have more of a grasshopper face. Regeneration tank. That's what we called it. And is that what they use to re-age you as well? Yes. They re-age you... And then they put you in a machine to send you back. And it's the machine that sends you back that makes you sick. When you come back, about 20 years later, you end up with an autoimmune disease. So I was sent back to age four. And at 24, when I was, when I was at San Diego State, I was hit with lupus. And I've not been okay since. And the other veterans that I know all get hit with this mess of, it's a mix of arthritis and, auto, and autoimmune and endocrine shutdown and heart problems. And it starts 20 years after they sent you back. And if you don't get it, consider yourself lucky. Um, we suspect they do it to us on purpose so we will die before we remember. Do you wish you could visit Mars again? You know, NASA came out with that satellite video that showed Mars from, from near orbit. And I was like, oh my god that was so pretty and i sat and cried i missed it so much so yeah if i could go as a tourist i would love to if i had to go back to being in merchaheimschild no i i've had enough time as a soldier do you feel you should be compensated for everything that was done to you it would be nice, but I don't expect to ever get it. How about an apology? An acknowledgement that it happened would be nice. A DD-214 so that I could go to the VA for treatment for what is related to my service would be nice. But realistically, I just want them to stop kidnapping more kids. There's nothing we do out there that can't be done by consenting adults. There's no reason to keep doing this. Okay. In the German civilization, 
out there. They found that productivity was improved by sexual activity. So everybody's encouraged to have sex. But it's supposed to be unemotional and no attachments. Just pure animal level sex. And I had this problem that I fell in love with the man. And he had been at Langley with me. I was number seven and he was number five. So we had this whole time we had known each other, came up the ranks together. And his job was to upload documents to the MarsNet in English, German, and Russian. And that's what he did. He wasn't in the war. He was building the MarsNet. And he was seen as somewhat effeminate, where I was seen as somewhat masculine. And so they approved of the relationship until I got attached. And I don't know how he got captured. He was never out of the base. He should never have been captured. But I was assigned to that particular raptor nest and he was there and I was actually in love with the man. And the way they have the screens for the pilot set up, you can see the target. You see it like you're in there with them. And I saw him basically in the center of a group of them eating him alive. And this was a man I loved. And it was just, I panicked. And that panic, they, they knew from the time that was recorded on my ship's computer what time to go back and rescue him. So he survived because I was chipped, connected to the ship's computer. It didn't know how to interpret the panic. And so it decided to fire all weapons into the nest at once. And it completely destroyed it. Now, they used the timestamp on the computer for when they fired the weapons as the, t as the target time to go back and rescue him out of beef. We called it redialing. We would redial to get him out. But they decided... <clears throat> German command decided that I was unstable. So basically my punishment for falling in love was that I was going to be sent off world. And the skills I had meant that I was going to be either a pilot or a navigator for something else. And the ship that I was transferred to had a quantum computer in 1990 and I was stronger chipped to it so 
the mind control would be stronger. The MarsNet is the official internet of Mars and you are given access to the parts you need for your job. It's more like the dark web on Earth than the public internet because you only get access to what you need for your work. You Nobody gets access to everything. You only get this or this or this. You can't just browse. And it was set up into languages because there were different areas, different groups working there. So the main languages were English, German, and Russian. Yes, there was a Russian presence on Mars. But that's what that's what Five was doing, was uploading all of those documents. And he was very good at it. Most of that information was what other people describe being on their glass pads. So um, then Five made the effort to translate those documents into all from whatever their source language was into one of those one or all of those three languages depending on security issues not everyone had access to everything and I still don't know why he was out of the base he shouldn't have been he wasn't much of a fighter and you know he was damn good at his job he was too valuable to let him out I have no idea why he was out but I ended up on the freighter and we did a lot of troop transport we did a lot of slave transport Um, I remember slaves telling me take us to earth which was close enough to the German I understood what they meant but I would just tell him earth is dead that's what I as a second lieutenant understood was that the earth had been destroyed by a cobalt bomb war and even though it looked pretty in space it was dead you couldn't it would be a couple of thousand years before we could go back and that was blamed on an ET race and that was our rationale for going through and decimating worlds was we were trying to get even with those ETs and we were allies of the Draco and the Draco are generally pretty good to their subject races all they want are tribute and you know loyalty so when a when a subject race revolts they see it as disloyalty and dishonor 
and they value loyalty above everything else. And so they go through and they will just destroy the entire place as far as they have to until there's no more resistance and you are so terrorized you will never resist again. That's their intention. Once they own you, they own you forever. And they consider Earth to have been their property in the past because Lemuria was them. So they resented that whole Atlantean thing. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> we got radio from Earth. We didn't know it was from Earth, but we got radio from Earth. So when new, mu new music came out here, it was like, I remember that. You know, the, the music would float through, and I remember that. That sounds so familiar. You would... We got... I think we got movies from Earth as they came out, and... Oh, gee. They were mostly in English with German subtitles. And we didn't get a lot of really hard stuff, but I remember Star Wars being up there. And uh, what else did we have? The food. You have replicator food most of the time. And you take the waste products, the trash, anything that's shabby, all the stuff that would normally go into the dump here goes into the recycling that feeds the replicators. And they literally change it at the molecular level. And there are seven basic meal plans. <coughs> And that's what the replicator makes. And you can also get water. You can get coffee. You can get um, vodka or beer. Um, you can get new uniforms. It's all computer settings and it'll... You, you tell it your measurements and it'll make a uniform to match. And uh, shoes. And you, you put your foot on a pad so it'll get the right shape for the inside because not everyone's feet are the same. And we were also having ETs in uniforms. We had a lot of we had a lot of uh, worker Draco and Grays that also had uniforms. To supplement the replicators, we also had hydroponic farms and there was a form of pork 
that was simply animal cells that we grew and every so often you'd shave off a layer and that would be a treat <laughs> um, to actually have real food. We didn't have farm animals. So whatever meat we had was from cells, laboratory grown. Uh, there were three basic uniforms. Uh, fatigues. Blacks, or in my case, blues. And dress whites. And for me as a pilot, I would also have a flight suit. And the flight suit was the preliminary stage of something that became a smart suit, which would respond only to your personal DNA and eliminated the need for you to feed, to be fed or go to the bathroom. You still had to drink water, but you could go six weeks without eating in it. And if you had the helmet on, it, it functioned as a spacesuit. So that was something for shuttle pilots and the ones that weren't cyborgs. Um, there is an external exoskeleton that the super soldiers use. It's, there's a whole set of things that are made by Aegis for the super soldiers. And they are a heavier suit that's in between fatigues and, and spacesuits and an exoskeleton that goes over that and it can have a helmet or not and then there's a version for the fighter pilots off of a mothership and they have a surgically implanted exoskeleton that anchors at the base of the skull and into the SI joints and that's painful as hell money I don't remember ever having money um, I know other veterans talk about money amongst the civilians that it's gold coinage or a credit system but I was always military and it was like all of my actual basic needs were taken care of. And it was like the attitude was I didn't need money. So I don't remember if there was some promise to pay me or not. The cargo, we carried prisoners of war from planets that the Draco were subduing and we took them to factories where they were converted into cyborgs. The planetary corporations 
what some others are calling ICC, are the cabal in space. And they are producing millions of cyborgs a year for sale to ETs. And they're not all human. A lot of them are prisoners of war from these joint projects between the Draco and Nachtwaffen. Um, either way, it's still a crime to convert a sentient being into a robot without consent. Uh, there were other planets that we just destroyed. I remember being asked to use my psychic abilities, my psi abilities, to target weapons because they had an energy shield and we couldn't get a lock on it to, to target. And so they would have me basically remote view to target and when the weapon hit the entire planet would blow up and those are some of the memories I have to live with from Nachtwaffen um, Can you describe what your ship looked like? The one you pilot, oh maybe the one that you worked on? The, the one I was a navigator on look, was older it was an obsolete version and it was silver colored and it was the cigar shaped and we had panels on the side that would lift okay so those cigar shaped ships are actually ours to allow um, cargo in and we had I think it was six cargo holes um these ships are manned by a, a set of officers and then enlisted men and then slaves. And there are distinct breaks between each of them. And they're set up in teams that are competing. Ours had three navigators, and we were set against each other to see who would be most efficient. Now, in navigation, space is like an ocean. It's not empty. It's full of all kinds of free-floating molecules and, and plasmas from stars and they form currents that are like electrical streams and there are space critters that have evolved to feed on that and they get confused by the energies off of our engines and they'll come and suck the energy off so we lose efficiency so you have to sour the milk about every hour to get the suckers off and that involves reversing polarities of things and it, it makes a couple of minutes that you can't do anything else. So you're just floating along on the momentum you already had 
while you're playing with the engine to get these things off you. And it has to be done. Some of them are really beautiful, like mantis rays, manta rays no. from the ocean. Mm. And others are just blobs like amoebas. Mm. But they all pull the energy off the ship huh. and slow you down or keep you from going into warp drive or my ship had a plasma engine and it had an EM drive and I think it had more than one of each and we used the old portal system from the builder race I they were 30 feet tall and so their constructions are rather large and are full the huge mile long battleships will go through them with no problem uh, I think my ship's name was Zolheimen but I'm pretty sure that it was built probably in the early 1980s before they went to full black ships. And the Germans are very efficient. They will use, even though they're replacing the technology with new stuff all the time, as long as the old stuff works, it stays in use. It just goes to a lower level. So when the Zollheimen eventually got to where it wouldn't work, it would probably be given to one of the places like Ceres. It wouldn't be decommissioned until you couldn't repair it at all. All right, can you describe how it came to an end when maybe the day that somebody came up to you and said, oh, by the way, we gotta send you back to Earth. Just been, we, we just lied to you. They didn't tell me I was going back to Earth. They said, your tour is over, you get to go home. <laughs> I had no idea where I was going. So they re-aged me back to four and sent me back through the Mars Jump Cape in New York and took me back to California and put me back within 15 minutes of when I'd been taken. Except they didn't put me in my bed. They left me at the doorstep and made it look like I was sleepwalking. Okay. And I went back in the house and went to bed. And I woke up that next morning. I because of the initial mind wipe, I had no idea who these people were. Oh, jeez. And... These people? Who? My family. I had no idea who they were. I didn't know them. I had, as far as they were concerned, I had amnesia. I didn't speak English anymore. I was, I was speaking... German. German at a four-year-old level. And... My parents spoke only English. Well, my dad also spoke Portuguese. But they, uh, 
They were pissed as hell. They didn't believe in amnesia. So, and there was no way I, I as a child could tell them about mind wipes. And they they were very offended. It was a good thing I was smart because I learned English really fast. And I went to kindergarten a couple months later. And I guess it was about a month into the school year, I told the teacher that Martians had left me on the doorstop. And uh, she accused my mother of me being a foundling. And my mother beat me and told me, I gave birth to you, I know you're mine. Well, later on, I guess about four years ago, when my mom and I were still speaking, I told her, you remember back then? And she goes, yes, she was still mad. (laughs) I said, it was because I was abducted by military and the military from Mars did bring me back. And she, her jaw just dropped open and she, this was in front of Lou and she was telling me that I was crazy, that I'd never been abducted, that I had never been gone, that I was just sleepwalking and had an imagination. So. Well, what did the doctors say to explain your change of language? They never took me to the doctor. You didn't take kids to the doctor in 1959. Mm -hmm. The culture has changed tremendously. We were poor people. You didn't go to the doctor unless somebody had a bone sticking out of your arm. That's the way it was for us, too. My father had his foot cut off in in an agricultural accident, and my grandparents soaked it in whiskey and then stitched it back together with sewing thread. This is the kind of family I came from. It might have been 1959, but my family operated like almost like it was the 1800s. So at what point did you actually recover your memories? I had some memories all along. But the bulk of them came back in April of 2013 when an NSA agent used my remember code from my CIA programming. I was, my, the altar that went to Mars was programmed under Wizard of Oz programming. And how he knew to use that remember code on me, I don't know. I don't know his motive for using it. I don't know the NSA's motive for for doing it. And I've had a lot of questions about, should I trust it? And I finally came to the conclusion that these are my memories as I remember them. They're too, they're too destructive there are too many atrocities to sit on it and keep it quiet that I am going to act on them and if it turns out later 
with some kind of disclosure that this was planted memories, then I'll have to cross that bridge then. But as it stands now, I'm being completely honest. This is what I remember. Is this person available for other people to contact that helped you, that maybe this person could help other people as well? That first round table that I did with you and Ileana, the star traveler, and Lindsay Hooper. Ileana uploaded it before you did. And the day after she did, he was murdered. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. There comes a price with being public. And not only was he murdered, but so was his best friend, who was also NSA. And I've been shot 10 times with energy weapons since I started working on the Facebook group, Facebook support group for veterans. So there's a price that goes with helping us. There's a price that goes with being us. Do you have a book or a website or, or maybe even a Facebook group you could recommend people to read? Hi, Ben. Um, this is Kelly McGee. I was wondering if The Facebook if group had to go secret, so you can't find it on a search. You have to be added by a member. Um, so it's invitation only. I have a website, spaceportals.net, and there's an S on the end of portals. Um, I have a new Facebook page that's public. It's Penny Bradley, Nachtwaffen Pilot. And I'm including interviews from other people, uh, people from the group that are public. I'm including links to declassified CIA documents, uh, links to free related books in PDF form that are downloadable. Um, I've uploaded the whole set of Bill Cooper's Porterville um, presentation that was 12 hours. So um, it's not just me. I'm not vain enough to do that. It's, it's, it's about this whole community of people who have been through similar to what I have. And it's a public point to contact me. I've reached the limit of personal friends that I feel comfortable with. And so I'm not gonna be adding a lot more people to my personal wall. It comes down to, do I really want these people to see photos of my grandchildren? And spaceportals.net is a forum site. It's not a blog that I'm writing. It's a place for us to share off of Facebook. And my partner with it is, he owns the server and only he and I are running the, the back door of it. So only he and I will get your information and 
we formed it because we were tired of Facebook selling our stuff. Mm -hmm. So we don't even have ads on it right now. We've been paying for it ourselves out of pocket. Is there anything else you'd like to tell audience members who are listening at this time? This sounds insane. If you've never heard of it before or anything like it, you're going to think I'm a paranoid schizophrenic. And I can understand that impression. But if you do your homework, there's plausible evidence between the various CIA documents that are being declassified at this time and some of the NASA photos and the numbers of veterans that are getting their memories back. It only takes two corroborating eyewitnesses to convict someone of murder. Why are we not being listened to? I mean, just because we sound weird. This is a whole conspiracy that these people aren't being listened to. Thank you for coming by and doing that. Okay, so Penny Bradley's story uh, for me was um, the most compelling, and it's um, another conspiracy that the government is not admitting, uh, you know, is not um, admitting. Um, they, they can't. Unless uh, Trump comes clean with it, that would be good. I would really, really like him for that. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.